All right, welcome to the brand new podcast uh, called PMGB, Pod More, Get Better. Uh, normally, PMGB for Golden Tee people means play more, get better, but for us, it's Pod More, Get Better. Uh, I'm Tony Johnson, and with me, my co-host is Will Sandstead. Hello. So uh, we've got the, uh, this is going to be a Golden Tee podcast. Uh, right now, we're going to be talking a lot about the World Championships coming up. Uh, less than a week from now, so um, the first few shows are going to be pretty world championship centric. But uh, going forward, after that, we'll be talking a lot more about more specific golden tee stuff, skills breakdown, and so forth. Yeah, we we'd like to do this and and have a kind of a different level to it, where it's not necessarily entry level players, not necessarily mid level players, and not necessarily all stars or people who do this for a living, also known as bangers or whatnot. Um, so it's kind of kind of be all over the board for folks try to help folks improve their game get better at the game whether it's chipping driving putting some of the intricacies whether it's fulls a1 c3s then also just uh some of the i guess you could say culture around golden tea whether it's going to tournaments hanging out with buddies meeting new people and learning how to get better and play the game so uh like i said this is going to be a pretty world championship centric coming up i think it makes sense to start with uh how people qualified for the world championship so uh, starting last year, probably October, was the first spot was awarded uh, to the Tournament of Champions uh, winner, which was Paul Luna. Uh, that's a Club Lucky event, so the winner of that got a spot in the World Championship. And then the end-of-year PEGT Tour event called the Top Gun, the winner of that also got a spot in the World Championship, so that was Andy Fox. Um, and then starting in February, there was a lot, a lot more qu- people qualifying via um, some regular pri- prize play. Uh, we've got some home edition qualification spots. We've got some glory play qualification spots. And that took up most of it. But then at the very end, uh, in April, I think, we gave away three more spots. The Mix-Up Monday, which went to Ken Callis. Uh, two Money Shot winners, which was Dustin Reed and Jason Lechavo. And then finally, just a few weeks back, we had an Indianapolis tournament where the winner of the the winner of that tournament, that the highest ranking person in that tournament that was not already qualified, which was Seth Harris, got a spot as well. And then we've got one more spot yet to be awarded, which will be next Friday night at uh, at the Orleans in Las Vegas, and that's the closest to the pin contest. All right, so one of the fun things with uh, this year's World Championships, if you guys haven't heard, is that they are going to be uh, accepting official wagers at uh, all the Boyd Gaming properties, which includes where the championship is taking place at the Orleans. This is something uh, Adam Kramer and Incredible Technologies have spoken about, how they partnered with Boyd Gaming, and Boyd Gaming obviously in turn went uh, with the Nevada Gaming Commission. So it's it's really fun how, as opposed to having five, six, seven of the best players, 10, 12, 15 of the best players, and then throwing the rest of the players to a field and having a field bet, bet literally every player in this world championship is going to have their name in lights. They're going to be able to buy their own betting ticket, whether it's as a souvenir or whether they think they're going to run the table and, and go through 64 players and, and bulldoze the world championship for $20,000. Tony uh, has some of the breakdowns here in terms of how the odds initially came out and kind of some of the buckets of how they fall into, whether you're talking about quality of players, experience, tenure, and so forth. 
So, yeah, mostly I followed the odds that are released by uh, Boyd Gaming, but uh, I made a couple little tweaks where I thought it made sense. Um, so maybe let's start with Group 1. Group 1 is going to be our favorites. So we've got in Group 1, we've got Andy Haas at 9-2, to two, Paul Luna at 5-1, to one, Andy Fox at 6-1, to one, and I, I jumped the odds a little bit and I put Mark Stenmark in this group as well. Uh, I think the, he had a little bit of an unknown to him because he really just started ramping up his games gameplay recently. He was last year's World Championship player, winner. He didn't play a ton since then, but he really has over the last couple of weeks, so I think I'm going to jump him up into Group 1. So talking about each of those guys individually, we've got Andy Haas, a.k.a. Ship It, uh, two-time world champ. He's also the world champ of narcolepsy, I believe. He's pretty well known for winning a tournament and then falling asleep pretty soon afterwards. Um, so far, his results in 2018 haven't been uh, up to what he would uh, he would like. Uh, 9 through 12 in Wisconsin and a 17 through 24 in St. Louis. But last year he won three times. So he's uh, obviously a very accomplished player. He won at Florida, Richmond, as well as Houston. Um, we've got next we've got Paul Luna again. Like I said, five to one odds. Uh, his name, he doesn't, he doesn't stick with one name very often. Most people know him as Luna. Depends a little bit on if Game of Thrones is in season, then he might change it to some sort of Game of Thrones reference. Or any, uh, popular internet memes going around. Yes. Uh, whereas Andy Haas is the world champ, championship of narcolepsy. I think, uh, Paul Luna is the, uh, world champ of drunk car karaoke. He's pretty well known for that. <laughs> Um, we've got, uh, Paul won the TOC, like I mentioned in the intro to get in to the uh, field. And, but recently he won Wisconsin this year. Last year he had a win in Cincy, a second place in Houston, a third place in St. Louis. Every result from the last year for Paul is in the top eight for sure. Most in the top four. So obviously a, a really strong favorite coming up after that. We've got Andy Fox at six to one. Known as Flying Train, known as Hooded Ninja. Most of the time it's Flying Train. Recently, he, uh, he's he got a couple wins. He won Florida this year. He won Player of the Year or Top Gun, the PEGT Tour End of Year Championship in Houston. And also a Purple Bracket winner at Houston. Purple, Yeah, he, the, the unknown double of yeah. winning the Purple Bracket and then winning the Top Gun tournament. Uh, probably never to be duplicated. Uh, he also got... A second last year in Florida, a third this year in St. Louis. Definitely, he's Adam Kramer's favorite Minnesota Golden Tee player. He talks about him all the time. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely in this group one. Uh, final, final one is Mark Stenmark. He's at eight to one right now. I don't expect eight to one to last real long for Mark Stenmark. I expect him to be up at five to one or six to one once some bets start coming in at the Orleans. Uh, like I said, he hasn't played a ton recently. He just graduated college. He went back to school, finished up his degree, uh, I think in December of last year. Recently kind of moved to Kansas City, and he's been getting his getting a lot of games in. I've noticed he's been kicking my butt on the leaderboard quite a bit. Uh, interesting note on him is he's got the highest win percentage in PEGT Tour history, just over 80%. Uh, last year he only went to five tourneys, which is a little bit low for some of these top guys. But he's got two wins and a third. So he won Chicago. He won Worlds, like we talked about. He got third at the TOC. Uh, this year, he's only been to one tournament. Like I said, he hasn't been playing a ton. Uh, and he's just starting to ramp up his gameplay. And I think this group is really the the people 
everybody's dangerous, right? The first three, four, five groups are all dangerous guys. Uh, but these guys are the, the ones that you really would fear if you saw that you were going to be playing them in the bracket because they could drop a two or three better on you without much thought. Yeah, those those top four guys in terms of the gambling odds and then the, the group one bucket obviously are the, are the guys who are known for putting on runs, whether they, they may have a, a slip up early and in some cases they've, they've bulldozed the loser's bracket and just reeled off win after win after win and come back and playing in the finals and, and oftentimes winning. I mean, there there are guys who typically don't falter, especially in these high-pressure situations. Yep, they're, they're used to winning and, uh, and know how to keep winning. So next up, we've got Group 2. Uh, some of these guys might take uh, umbrage with being in Group 2 and not Group 1, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a fine line, I think. And there's a, definitely a fine line between Group 1 and Group 2. Uh, just going by the odds, next up, in terms of favorites, is Lance Harris. He's at 6-1. to one. Certainly, uh, day in and day out, he's an extremely scary player. I think that his uh, his tournament history just isn't one that... He doesn't have a bunch of wins. He hasn't reeled off two in a row, three in a row, like some of the other guys have. Um, last year, he was in four tournaments, and he got top six in all of them, but most of them were kind of fifth place, sixth place. He got fourth in St. Louis this year. Um Happened to knock me to the losers bracket at last year's World Championships, so I got a huge grudge there. <laughs> Teal Garden eighteen, I'll never forget that shot. Um, but yeah, he uh, and this is actually one of the first guys I made note of this. He's the first of a few that play stouts, so we'll talk about that a little bit in some future podcasts. The different different types of golden tee balls you can play. Um, both he and the next guy, Paul Taylor, uh, play stouts, and there's some huge differences between the stout ball and some of the other options that that people have yeah Lance Harris is one of those guys where if you're out at night playing golden tee after about five or six p.m central time typically Bannamans is one of the names you're going to see on the leaderboard you've uh, often gone through that first group of bucket guys um, with the exception of Mark Stenmark who will play at night sometimes but whether it's the Haas the Luna and the Andy Fox in group one those guys are typically playing during the day back home by 5, 6 p.m. You might have some games still lingering, but Bannamans and Suckett are guys who are you're going to see playing the night shift, quote-unquote. Um, so if you're out after work having a beer, you know, trying to get that late-night happy hour or whatnot, oftentimes those are the guys who are going to be at the top of the 18-hole prize play leaderboard. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, think, uh, I think there's a lot of these guys in these first few groups. These are guys that some of these guys played for a living. Uh, and a lot of these guys are kind of daytime players. Uh, we've got a couple nighttime players in this group, but but I think the a higher percentage of the the best of the best play during the day because again they're they're doing it as a as a living. Next up uh, in terms of odds, we've got Paul Taylor plays as hole maker, also plays stouts uh, like Lance Harris does. Uh, he he his last win at a major was 2016 in Richmond, but last year he got a second in Richmond, a third in Houston. This year he got second in Wisconsin. So this is a the player that's always near the near the top of the leaderboard, and, and going far in tournaments. After that we've got uh, Evan Gossett, who's at eight to one. I actually expect those will probably come down a bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see Evan at six to one in uh, not too short a fashion. Um, he had he was on a rough stretch last year up until the TOC. So then he went on a run after that. He got second at the TOC, uh, fourth in Houston, fourth at the Top Gun, 
You got fourth in Wisconsin this year, one St. Louis this year. So he's on a he's on a heater. You know, he 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 would admit that he had a tough stretch for five or six tournaments, but he's really coming out hot right now. And uh, definitely the the most recent major tournament he won it. So uh, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes down off that eight to one down to something more like five or six to one. Yeah, that that crowd in St. Louis is going to have something that's almost on on the same level in terms of the competitiveness with the world championship. I mean, you you have the majority of the best of the best, not necessarily everyone, but very, very deep field, very large field that you have to run through. Yeah, the St. Louis tournament is is almost always the biggest one of the year. Um, And then, and and definitely up there, I would say right at the, right with Houston, the Houston tournament is the end of the year event put on by PEGT Tour. And, um, and a lot of the best players go to that as well. So I think those two fields are going to be our strongest ones. So if you hear us talking about a win at Houston or a win or a top four at Top Gun or Player of the Year or a win at St. Louis, those are, those are they're all majors, but those are the majors to the majors. Uh, next up, in terms of odds, we jump to Gervais, Sean Gervais. Also a guy that likes to change, change his name quite a bit. Usually has something to do with The Walking Dead. Or PP Pants City, or PP, yeah, or you know, uh, or whatever, maybe Dancing with the Stars, or Katie Gaga, yeah. So very culturally aware. So uh, changes guy, his name quite guy. a bit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, he's got just in the last year or so, slightly over a year plus, he's got four top threes. Uh, he's got a third. He got a third in Florida last year. Third in Cincy last year third in Wisconsin this year, and uh, second in Florida this year. So doesn't have a win in a couple years, but uh, certainly is the kind of guy that's always near the top. Second place, third place, very common for Sean. Yeah, you never see Sean get uh, get out of character. Sean, Sean is one of the guys who uh, d- doesn't drink, so a lot of times you might have a, uh, a good Golden Tee player have a uh, rough Friday or Saturday night and come into whether it's qualifying or head-to-head match play and be a little bit off their game. Sean is very even keel. He's not very loud. He's not very boisterous, but he's always there, and he, he's always ready. And, and as you've seen, if you've watched any of Golden Tee TV streams via Richard King, you can see Sean Gervais, and he is very, very focused. Yep. So the final guy in Group 2 we've got is um, Joe Massara. Jojo plays as Giuseppe. Um, he's at 9-1. to one. Uh most recent really good result was uh, at second. He got second place to Mark Stenmark last year at World Championships. Doesn't play in quite as many live events as some of the other type guy, top guys, but he always, every every tournament he's been to recently, it seems like he's been in the top six. He got top six in St. Louis, top six in Houston last year, top six at the, top, at the Tournament of Championships, Club Lucky event. Definitely a dangerous player. A bit more focused on the daily contest, which is again will be a topic of, of a podcast later on. But really, a really strong daily player, probably the best daily player. Again, Evan might take a little umbrage with that, but um, I think he might begrudgingly admit that. Yeah. Uh, so he focuses his effort there. But anytime you see him, especially now ramping up for World Championships, um, lots of really good scores out of him. Yeah, you, he, he's a guy where you may not see him on the 18-hole prize play leaderboards that often, but in terms of the daily contest between him and Evan and some of the other St. Louis guys, I mean, they're there every day. So don't let it fool you that you may not see his name on the prize play leaderboard that often, but he's played the courses, he knows the shots.
speaking of guys that you might not be all that familiar with in terms of the 18-hole prize play leaderboard, we've got uh, next up in the in Group 3 now, we've got Eddie G, Ed Godfrey. Uh, very much a, I'll say, money shot specialist. He focuses a lot of his efforts there. Uh, don't see him a ton on the 18-hole leaderboards, other than nowadays, as people are ramping up for the World Championships, you see him quite a bit. Got 5th, 6th in Wisconsin. He doesn't end up traveling to all that many events, much like the next guy we're going to talk about, but um, a guy that's knocked me out of several tournaments. I remember them well. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a real strong 12-1. to 1. You never know once these really good players ramp up their prize play game what they're going to do at a tournament. Yeah, a former Chicago guy, now down in Texas. He, uh, he He's a long-term Golden Tee player, and, and he knows all the shots. He He's there all the time. Every every tournament he goes to, though they may be few and far between, it seems like he's always making a good push or a deep run into that tournament. Yeah, I think his, his real money shot expertise, uh, it sounds weird to say that, but uh, sorry, Eddie, money shot expertise has served him well uh, as he takes that over to the 18-hole prize play. It seems like... Uh, every time I look up, he's GSPing a hole because he knows how to yeah. knock a full cut nine wood to two feet or something like that. Because he's done that <laughs> shot a thousand times on money shot. But uh, next up, uh, twelve to one. I, I happen to get this guy in the Calcutta. Calcutta is kind of a side bet thing that we do. Uh, so I'm I'm gambling on this guy. We got Jeff Lannon, aka Lemonades. Uh, shout out to Jeff. He just had his second kid last week. So congratulations to that. His seed son. <laughs> Uh, again, an, another guy that hasn't been to a ton of tournaments, uh, especially since he, he had, like I said, it's his second kid. Uh, after his first kid, he stopped going to some of the live tournaments nearly as much as he was before. Before that, he was a beast. I mean, he would he would rip off win after win after win. Um, you know, he's I talked about Mark Stenmark and his highest winning percentage ever in PGT Power Events, eighty uh, percent. Most of the other guys, the other t- the other tier one guys were right around seventy. You know, Andy Fo- or Andy Haas was seventy one. Andy Fox was sixty eight, sixty nine, something like that. Jeff Lannon is the second highest. Again, he when he goes to tournaments, he does really well at them. He's at seventy five percent. So back in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, this is the type of guy that was just ripping off win after win after win. Uh, really, really strong player. Just happens to not go to as many tournaments, so people aren't quite as familiar with him. Very much a, a day in, day, day out, bang out a bunch of games, incredible scores kind of player. Uh, third in group three, a uh, bit of a small group here. We got uh, The Mouth. Most people are familiar with The Mouth, Mark McClevitz. Uh, really, a really strong player. Uh, uh, We'll talk a little bit about guys that get a little sideways sometimes on Friday or Saturday night and have has them affect them the next day. I think mouth is mouth, that'll happen to that happens to me certainly uh, happens to mouth as well. Um, but if mouth's in the right place, uh, right frame of mind, feeling great, he's a great player. Uh, just in 2018 alone, he got a third place in Florida, second place in St. Louis. He won St. Louis last year. Very accomplished player. Mouth said 15 to one. So it's a pretty sweet number, um, you know, type of guy that, again, if, if he's in the right place, right frame of mind, awesome player, good to go. Yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, been looking at the odds, like we talked about earlier, is that with the gambling aspect of this, whether it's, you know, with a select group of friends via the Calcutta or just showing up at the Orleans or any of the Boyd Gaming properties, 
Mark McClevich, the mouth comes off as a 15 to 1. I, I think that's a very strong number because when mouth focuses, we know he is capable of very, very deep runs. And during those runs, he's one of the people who will also tell you about the run he's on as well. Um, He'll tell the live stream. Yes. Uh, he loves an audience, yeah, which he's, is fine. That's that's the mouth. That's why we call him the mouth. Yeah, he, he's a fun guy. He's a great guy. Um, for those of you who don't know, he just recently got married. His wedding was attended by a lot of uh, his fellow Golden Tee players. I think as we've gotten older, we've gotten more selective with our friends. Um, but I think a lot of the go- that goes back to the close-knit group of friends within the Golden Tee community. He had a great turnout from all over the United States. Yeah, it was, it was like a Golden Tee tournament without any Golden Tee machines. Yes. It ended up... Yeah. Uh, into quite a party. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Next up, we've got Group 4. Group 4 has a bunch of guys that don't come to a ton of tournaments, but are names that you'd be pretty familiar with on leaderboards day in, day out. Uh, some are longtime players. Some are, are newer guys that have played a lot, of, lot more games recently. So we'll start with Seth Standifer. Lunchbox, he's from Tennessee. He comes off at eighteen to one. Uh, really high volume, really high quality player. Comes to some tournaments. I think he would admit he, he he's not done as well at tournaments as he would like. Certainly a guy that can rip off thirty under pars without much problem though. Especially on Mystic Hills. Uh, really ramped up his game over the last year. I think I I don't know exactly what his numbers are, but I would guess that he's probably played twice as many games at this point this year as he had at this point last year. Um, after that, we've got David Duncan, a name a lot of us are familiar with. Been a long-time player. Uh, used to come and do a lot more tournaments, uh, a.k.a. Kingmaker, sorry. Uh, moved from North Carolina to Mississippi, and really at that point kind of stopped coming to Golden Tee tournaments uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but before that, he was ripping off good results. He had a second place in Richmond in 2014, second place in Richmond in 2015. He likes Richmond. Um... And, uh, yeah, again, this is another one of those guys where if, if he's in the right place mentally, um, he's just a really excellent player. Tons and tons of GSP. He's uh, probably one of the most prolific GSPers that we've got out here. Most definitely. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that I've played in tournaments, and some people are known for playing fast or playing quick. They see the shot. They hit their shot. Uh, David, multiple times throughout the round, will pull back, thumb it, and after pulling back, he'll actually reset, pull back again, reset. He wants to get that perfect shot. He wants to get dialed in. And going to your point, he, he does point a lot. He knows the shot. He's a, he, he's a very good player, and he's deadly accurate. He'll hole out. He'll point. And if he's leading the way and you're following up a shot after David, it's tough to follow him. Yeah, I think he's the type of guy that, and there's a lot of these type of guys in here that get really used to perfect track balls and as soon as the track ball is imperfect because he's such a perfectionist uh, as soon as it's not perfect it, it starts to it starts to become an issue um, he's also at 18 to 1 sorry um, next up we've got Clint Grover 18 to 1 Clint's from uh, plays currently playing as Grover uh, from Illinois not a ton of uh, power events results but got fourth place last year in Florida as well as St. Louis so a guy that certainly can make a deep run, no problem. Um, a bit more of a new schooler. Yeah, correct. Than compared to some of these other guys. Seth would be a bit of a new schooler as well, Seth Standifer. Um, next up, we've got Jeff Sutyak. Opposite of that, he's a long-timer, a.k.a. Let Be Rock, Ohio guy. 
Um, actually, when I was doing a little bit of research here, I, I did not realize that he had a couple of second places last year. Um, I guess I just wasn't paying enough attention. Second place in Chicago and second place in Cincy. Recently at the um, the um, Top Gun last year in Houston, he got fifth, sixth. So obviously a guy that can make a deep run. Uh, a couple second places at last year is nothing to shake a stick at. 18-1 is a good number for him. Um, Jeff McClellan is next up. He's at 20-1. to 1. Uh, He's known, uh, well, his, his name is Urban Meyer on Golden Tees from Michigan, but he's, uh, he's kind of known as the stock-stock guy. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing that. I haven't seen him in a while. Whether he's still uh, plowing through with, at using stock balls and stock clubs, uh, I don't know. It, it, I've, never, <laughs> I've never understood um, how he can do that. And, you know, the fact that he can and still be at a really high level, 20 to 1 in this case, is, is amazing. Um, I, I feel like I'd, I'd lose some shots yeah, uh, to the field if I did that. The last couple of years, if if you look at the courses, there's a lot of courses where this year you're using O-birds, you're using low-lofted drivers, you're using eight-woods or nine-woods. So whether you're looking to go under something or over something. Um, Street balls, grabbers, because you need that extra distance. And, and he's immediately, in theory, somewhat taking himself out of some of the easier routes to the hole or easier shots for a layup shot by not playing with certain woods or certain hybrids or certain low-lofted clubs. By just playing stock stock, he's he's really had to come up and not necessarily reinvent his game, but he's had to take somewhat of a different approach to each hole, as opposed to most players who have selected different clubs and balls. Yeah, and we we've talked a couple, we talked a little bit about so Eddie G is a money shot specialist. Uh, Jeff McClellan again, bit of a money money shot guy as well as closest to the pin. Uh, he's a bit of a closest to the pin expert. Um, so. You'll still see his name on the leaderboards, of course, but again, not quite as much as some of the others we might see here. Final guy in this group, group four, is Matt Welter, a.k.a. Welterific. Uh, originally from Illinois, now lives in Missouri. Uh, another one of these guys that doesn't come to a ton of tournaments. Usually when he does, he does really well. The only tournament he's been to this year is uh, St. Louis. Finished 9 through 12. Good result. That's an extremely strong, deep field. Uh not a not a power events event, but two years ago, I think it was two years ago, Wisconsin, twenty sixteen, he won. So he's got a history of winning events as well. Um, again, just a, a strong day in day out. One of those nighttime guys we talked about before. More of a nighttime player. Uh, you'll see him on the leaderboards. Well, terrific, quite a bit. Yeah, this group four breakdown. You're you're gonna notice if you're more of a a common man, obviously. Uh, who may be a job or work in a standard 8-5, to 9-5 to five job, who goes out and plays in the evening. This group four bucket are the players you're typically going to see at night, whether it's Seth Standifer, Lunchbox, David Duncan, Kingmaker. You got Grover, you got Let Be Rock, and then you have Urban Meyer and Welterific. I know typically right now I'm playing more in the evening than during the day, and these these are the names along with the Bannamans we mentioned earlier, um, who you're going to see at the top of the 18-hole prize play leaderboard in the evening. Next up, we got Group Five. Uh, all everybody in Group Five is twenty-five to one. Uh, this is where we're starting to get into slightly longer odds. Um, you're doing a little bit more of a long shot, but these are some names you definitely recognize, from uh, whether they're a bit more new school or some extremely old school guys in this list as well. So we'll start with Brian Oldie, guy I'm not super familiar with. He hasn't been to a lot of tournament tournaments. Bit more of a new school guy. Plays as Nardzilla out of Arizona. Um, 
you know, I've, I've probably shaken his hand before, but never really hung out with him. So, uh, yeah, I got to qualify with him, uh, last year at the world championships out in Vegas. And I should probably apologize to him. I, uh, typically don't wear earphones when I play, but in, uh, in a setting like that, I was a little nervous and it was a guy I wasn't familiar with. So I felt like we didn't have, uh, much to talk about, unfortunately. So I feel bad if I isolate him, but very nice guy when we did chat, obviously, you know, in between matches and so forth. And, he he was a nice guy. He he had a good, solid, consistent game, and I think we, uh, you know, would kind of give each other that look after a nicely executed shot. He was a he was a fun guy to qualify, even though we didn't talk that much. He wasn't out of control or anything. Very even keeled. Yep, and uh, I, I my experience is you know he plays a lot at night, plays and puts up really good scores. Actually, maybe a bit during the day too. But uh, my experience is when I see a score from Arizona, it's usually either Bannamans or Brian Oldie. So uh, yeah, both are usually really good scores. Next up in this group, we've got Brian Bernhardt, a.k.a. Brian B. Um, Bernsey. Uh, he's out of Illinois. Uh, he's been to a couple tournaments in the last year or so. I, I think he would agree. Nothing great in terms of results. Uh, old schooler, he's been, you know, he, he would tell you he won the biggest tournament ever, uh, which was <laughs> the... Uh, uh, the charity, the players' charity championship in uh, I don't know twenty two thousand three or two thousand four, whatever it was, uh, most highly attended, and he'd uh, he'd make sure you knew that. <laughs> Sorry, Bry. Um, but obviously, a really strong player has really it seems like in the last year played a lot more volume. Yeah, and and it's really, you know, he was a good player before, but it's really helped him to have those consistent, you know, upper twenties, lower thirties type scores that are what you're going to need at the world championships yeah he's getting his games and he's he's definitely putting in the time for this and and this is a guy uh you know this this group five guys he, these are guys who are primarily very old school who are are capable of running the, they know the game they know the shots uh next up another name most of us are familiar with greg kinsler uh plays as kins most of the time uh couple time champ uh national and or world championship or champion uh, my personal hot sauce supplier, uh, so I thank him for that. Uh, get the hot he he distributes the hot sauces from uh, Tom Putty, uh, who makes them out of Virginia. But he's uh, Ken's out of Chicago and distributes to me. Gives me great deals. Thanks, Ken's delicious stuff. Um, doesn't play it nearly as much as he used to. Uh, back in the day, you know, he now he's got three kids doing the hot sauce thing, uh, the Black Angel uh, company that he and his wife are running. Last year, though, he did get a third place in Chicago. Always a dangerous guy. If he ramps up his gameplay at all, which he says he is, then uh, obviously a guy that could could beat anybody for sure. Yeah, when when he's focused, he he's one of those guys who is absolutely focused in in his heart and in his mind. He thinks and knows that he can run deep in any tournament. It's just a matter of whether he can turn that on or not. I I look for Kins to uh, definitely perform well at this. I think he really wants this. If you looked at some of his posts on Facebook, he was talking about how, you know, third time would be the charm, how, you know, how great this would be to be a three-time world championship. I right. think this is something yeah. that's definitely driving him as he starts to become more of a, you know, husband, family man, and so forth, father to his children. So it's it's exciting for Kins. Next up, we've got me, Tony Johnson, a.k.a. Whammy. I'm, I'm out of Minnesota. Uh, I don't go to nearly as many tournaments as I used to. I went to Wisconsin this year. Uh I think I got 13 to 16, something like that. Worlds last year, I got 9 to 12. My only real top four in the last couple years has been second in Minnesota, 2015. Uh, maybe I'll let 
Will say all kinds of nice things about me instead of <laughs> me talking about myself. Well, to- Tony Johnson is one of those guys. When I first started playing Golden Tee, uh, Tony Johnson, Chris Pierce, Eric Strobridge, uh, Ben Kurth, there, there were a lot of guys within the Twin Cities. And one of the things that we'll talk about in a future podcast episode and lightly mention, I'm sure, through most of our podcast episodes is seeking out players in your area who are better than you. And if you don't have players who are better than you, then traveling to tournaments. And Tony was one of those guys who, quote-unquote, you know, took me under his wing, and, and we'd go out to these local tournaments, and he and the other guys would absolutely smash my scores. Um, but they really took the time to explain to me why certain things were happening with my shots, or, hey, have you thought about, you know, clubbing down and hitting it harder or clubbing up and hitting it softer what if you put a little more cut on it here are the pros and cons of each shot and uh really helped me grow as a player and it's something I've always enjoyed and just not necessarily even in the bar you know in in someone's home edition playing but actually going out playing real golf you know we'll we'll touch on a lot that these are people within the golden tea community who you don't just play golden tea with and have some drinks with a lot of times it's going out and going to mouse wedding or going on a minnesota golfing weekend where you're not even playing golden tea for three or four days with all your golden tea buddies you're just enjoying life uh last guy in the group is mike demko again a longtime player uh he was going to tournaments when i was going to tournaments in 2003 2004 he almost went to eight tournaments last year but didn't end up making it to any of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was just right on the edge um i i think he made worlds but uh very little tourney history again like a lot of people in this group started having kids and then stopped going to tournaments um so uh not a ton of history really a day in day out daytime player uh really strong scores um yeah, I don't not much not much else to say there. Just really strong player, uh, twenty five to one. You know, this is a really interesting group. I I don't think anyone would be super shocked if anyone in this group won. But again, we're we're starting to get to that twenty five to one level of all right. We're a bit of a long shot at this point. Yeah, I think this group is part part of that set where you know they have the skills. If you play them in a head to head match, you're worried about facing this opponent right here, and the, these are the guys who can definitely make a deep run. Um, just due to their sheer talent and their and their sheer longevity of playing the game, they they know the courses, they know the shots. All right, Group Six. Uh, these are going to be our thirty to one and forty to one. At this point, I guess we'd start to say long shots. Uh, some of these guys, I I don't know that you'd call them long shots, but at thirty to forty to one, that's a pretty good a pretty good payday. Hundred bucks to win three thousand or four thousand. Um, interesting mix in this group. You've got some new schoolers, you've got some some guys that have been around for a long time, and you've got some guys that used to play a lot and don't play quite as much anymore. Uh, so start with a, a guy that I've met a couple times, but again, haven't spent a ton of time with, uh, Chris Brewer, Hats for Bats, another one of those stout players that we talked about. He's out of South Carolina. Uh, really has ramped up his game over the last uh, even year and a half, two years. Agreed. Th- this name comes up more and more frequently every time you go out and play. He's uh, he's definitely putting in the games. He's definitely putting in the work. Yeah, even a year ago, if someone would have said Chris Brewer, I would have said, who? Who's that guy? Yeah. South Carolina. I, all I know is uh, Gino from South Carolina. But been to, uh, he's, and, and not only is he playing a lot of games, but he's going to a lot of tournaments, uh, which, which will serve him well. He's played in eight tournaments in the last year and a half, really getting that experience, which is huge, right? And playing in a tournament is completely different than playing 
playing by yourself on a on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, so definitely Chris Brewer, interesting interesting player with a ton of skill. Yeah, he's he's a guy like I said who's who's putting in the games where he's making you notice him. If you're a guy who wants to make a run or a guy who wants to you know figure out how to weed through a field of 32 or 64. Um, he's putting in those games where he's making you notice him, and his scores are doing the talking right now. It'll it'll be a matter of time. It, it seemed like he was a pretty cool customer, uh, watching over his shoulder at a couple tournaments in terms of his gameplay. So I, I think he's got a good bright future. Uh, next up in this group, we've got a name that not a ton of guys are familiar with because he doesn't go to a ton of tournaments. Local guy, Ryan Torkelson plays his ding dong. Uh, he's a bit more of a north. North Metro guy, uh, most of the guys we've listed so far are, are South Metro, so I don't get to play with Ryan a ton, uh, but really, when he goes to tournaments, uh, I'm always impressed with, with how he plays, he always qualifies well, super yep. even keel guy, um, just kind of the silent silent assassin type, he'll just, he'll rip out a 29 and a 29 and a 28, you know, just, he's he's not yep. a three or four hole out kind of guy, he's just, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play steady and, steady and strong, so certainly would, would not I'd be surprised if he doesn't qualify in the top 32 at Vegas. He's just that type of player. Agreed, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's quiet, he's focused, he's on point. Uh, he's, he's part of the folks that Tony said play out of you know the northern and western suburbs here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, so I don't get to play with him that often. But uh, he's typically playing with Thor and Julius Hall. Um, very good guys, so he knows the shots. Um, he's, he, he's right there. He, he's right there. He can, he can definitely do well. Next up in this group, we've got a guy that doesn't doesn't play as much as he used to. Jeff Harlow uh, plays as plays as Harlow sometimes. Plays as a lot of different names. Halloween. All those Missouri guys just change their name all the time. I don't know if it's a contest that they have going, but Harloween. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, might uh, as well. We're gonna we're gonna throw way back here. Two thousand four, I think, world champ. Bomber uh, jacket. He's he's a he's a bomber jacket guy. So uh, uh, not many of us can say we are. Uh, 2004 world champ, uh, got a second place a couple years back, uh, Missouri, I think. Um, just a kind of a day in, day out, daytime player, plays his games. Um, but it, just the type of guy that you know could just rip off a, a smooth par, one better game on you. Uh, type of really experienced tournament player that you you just don't want to face in a bracket. Yeah, Je- Jeff is always a fun guy to see at tournaments because, uh, to Tony's point, he doesn't come to many tournaments much anymore, but... When you see him, he's just, I don't know, at least for me personally, been always one of those guys where if he's there and I see him, it's just, it's really cool to see with him and, you know, BS with him for a while because you haven't seen him in so long, you definitely want to catch up. He's he's a great guy. Uh, next up, we've got Luke Nelson, a.k.a. Over Easy, another Minnesota guy, South Metro, so I see him quite a bit. Uh, he's kind of a, uh, one of the guys that I play daily with a lot. Uh, he's a... I won't say daily specialist, but he focuses more on daily than his kind of day in day out gameplay. Uh, but certainly his his day, as, as someone who's played a lot more daily over the last I'd say six months compared to previously, uh, it's interesting. I, I feel like it has really helped my game in a certain in in certain aspects, and I think that you can see that you know, working on fulls, which again we'll talk about in a little bit. Really, you're not playing fulls all the time when you're playing Golden Tee, but knowing what a full cut shot will do. Uh, can really help get you out of trouble sometimes. And I think that uh, Luke Nelson's a guy that completely understands fulls and completely understands how to put up good scores. Uh, next up, we now we're jumping to the 40-to-1 guys, still in Group 6, though. 
Uh, we've got Johnny Dar, uh, Johnny D out of Ohio. Again, not one of these guys that doesn't go to a ton of tournaments, uh, doesn't have a ton of her tournament history. You know, I remember meeting him a, a while ago. I don't know that I've seen Very him. Very old school. Yeah. I, I don't remember, know that I've seen him in the last five years, maybe. I don't, oh, I, World maybe Championship maybe. last year. Oh, yeah, well, that was... Briefly, you know. briefly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while. So, uh, again, plays with plays with Andy Haas, plays with Jeff Sutjak. So, obviously, he's learned, learned through osmosis with those guys. He learned quite a bit, and, and he's a good player. Yeah, kind of a, a daily, day-in, in, day day-out kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we've got a guy that I'm pretty familiar with. We got Will Sandstead, aka Jesus, aka Evan Flossett, which he says he's going to change that name before Vegas, but I don't want him to. I love that name. I will be. Uh, also out of Minnesota, uh, my my podcast co-host. Uh, Will's just a guy that you know. I, I feel like his game is one where again, if he's in the right place at that right level, can rip off those par games no problem. Uh, at forty to one. It's a nice, good value. It feels like he qualifies. For, you know, he's he ends up being in the main bracket every tournament, which you can't say for a lot of guys at this point on this. You know, group six. We're at group six at this point. Um, definitely uh, dangerous player. Can can easily qualify and probably will again this year. Yeah, hopefully. Goal obviously for me is uh, to qualify. I uh, I tend to not perform well in head to head match play, unfortunately, after making uh, making a gold bracket. Uh, Tony was talking about Mark Stenmark and Lemonades having some of the highest win percentages in uh, PEGT um, history and how that goes. Uh, sadly, I pulled up mine and my PEGT record is 1-11. Not very proud of that. Um, obviously looking to improve at that here at the World Championships. Uh, I will make note, however, that that one win was against me. After in, you hit after, in, Wisconsin, in Wisconsin. After you year. hit the flag stick and got wet and that, that sealed it basically. Still beat me. <laughs> uh, last guy in this group, uh, Chris Thorbrager. Thor, uh, another Minnesota guy. We've got a ton of Minnesota guys in this group. Uh, old school player. Not quite as old school as some, but really in that, I don't know, 2000, I'll say 2007 to 2012 era was was a beast. And, yeah. and you know, le- went to a lot of tournaments, won a lot of tournaments, uh, he got a couple second places even in, in 2014. I don't know how many tournaments he's been to since then. Not too many. Uh, he won a PEG event in 2011. I know he won some before that. Uh, really strong player. One of those guys, some of these old school names that you don't see a lot of anymore, but you know that they, the skill's still in them, that you just yeah. you don't, you want no part of them. I mean, if, I, I wouldn't want any part of Ryan Bourgeois, right? He hasn't played in years, but I, I know he still knows how to play the game. Steve Sobey, Chris Eversole, all these guys that are unbelievable players, played a lot more in the past. Chris is uh, Thor is a lot like that, where I want I want no part of that because I know I, he knows all the shots. It's just a matter of kind of the repetition of learning the courses, and, and once he knows the courses, dangerous player. Yeah, Th- Thor was one of those guys who came on the scene very, very quick. And similar, we kind of talked about Chris Brewer, how they made a big splash. Chris Brewer, while he hasn't had the tournament success or the tournament runs, Chris Thorbrogger has. He came on the scene very quick. And I think when people look back at the history of Golden Tee, they're going to talk about the runs that Kins has made, the run that you know Eversole has made, where over the course of a couple years, where they continue to bulldoze tournaments, whether it was Chris Eversole, Andy Haas, 
Paul Luna, some of these other guys, Chris Thorbrogger, during his time when he was out playing and attending tournaments, he was one of those guys where every tournament he was a top one, two, three guy, it seemed like, and plowing his way through brackets. And that's obviously uh, hasn't happened much recently as he hasn't been going to tournaments. I think it was the last two world championships and I think just a Wisconsin tournament or two. So he hasn't represented uh, that much, but he's he's a dangerous guy. And and at these odds, I know people have been talking about – placing a flyer on Thor, you know, coming off at 30 to 1 or 40 to 1. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something to look at. Yeah, at this point with the odds, we're talking about flyers, right? I, I, nobody nobody expects Jeff Harlow or Chris Brewer or Chris Thorbrunner to win, but at 40 to 1 or 30 to 1, those are, I mean, that's a good number. It's worth taking a flyer, throw 50 bucks on that, and if uh, a really experienced player makes a run, then and there you go. It's yeah. a big payday. Yeah, you're having a fun payday with that. Next up, Group 7. All of these guys are at 50-1. to 1. Some interesting names in here. Obviously, at this point, we're talking about some long shots. We're about probably about halfway through the field. We're probably in the, the, the bottom 32 in terms of the odds at this point. I'm going to rip through these maybe a little bit quicker, but then maybe at the end talk about a few guys that I think stand out on this group in terms of previous success, uh, tournament history. So uh, start to, start with... Adrian Westergren, uh, West, out of Minnesota. Um, we've got next up. We've got Mike Jagger, Glove Bandit, out of Washington. We've got GVK, uh, George von Koshenbar, out of Texas. Oliver Ayala, uh, A.K.A. O. Uh, lots of, lots of uh, stars, and then an O, and then a lot more stars after that, <laughs> out of Texas. Kevin O'Connor, A.K.A. Catfishing, out of Virginia. We got Ryan Sparks, O'Henry, out of Cincinnati area, officially Kentucky. We've got Chad Hart, Fliction, out of Texas. Mike Johnston, Speeth Impediment, out of Indiana. Tony Dacus, Drop Zone currently, out of Minnesota. Mike Sroas, Crispy Lanetta, out of Minnesota. Gary Sheldon, Cags, out of Ohio. Danny Beal, Danny Boy. Or a whole bunch of W's if he wants to throw off aspect ratios. <laughs> out of Kansas. Uh, Gavin Heron, Sandman, out of Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, Mississippi, not Missouri. Uh, Al Jazz, or Al's Rule, Al Jazz, out of Minnesota. Um, you know, th- there's some interesting names in here. And actually, there's a lot of names in here that people are probably used to seeing in... Uh, on day, uh, you know, day in day out leaderboards. You know, these are these are guys that play a lot of games. Uh, relative, some of them are relatively high volume names that you'd be familiar with. Uh, I want to pick out four or five guys that you know have a pretty good tournament history. So starting with Wes, Minnesota guy, goes to a ton of tournaments. Uh, not going to get flustered by tournament atmosphere. Understands qualifiers. Understands head to head matches. Uh, just a, a solid guy. Um, that, you know, been to a lot of tournaments over the years. Strongest t-shirt game on tour, some would say as well. Definitely, yes. Uh, next up, worth talking about, we've got Kevin O'Connor. Uh, one of, uh, I don't know that I mentioned it yet, I'm a homeowner, so is Kevin O'Connor. We have a machine in our house. Uh, definitely a strong homeowner player, uh, but backed it up by getting a second place last year at St. Louis. So, like we've talked about, St. Louis, that's a that's a big, deep field. Getting a second place there is 
maybe like getting a first place at a lot of other tournaments. So that's really impressive. At fifty to one, if you've got a guy that's gotten a second place in the last year, that's that's pretty pretty nice odds. Um, next up, we got Ryan Sparks, uh, one of one of those guys that used to play a lot more than he does now. Uh, started having kids, plays a little bit less, but really experienced. Not super old schooler, but you know, old schooler, ton of experience, history of tournaments, etc. Name a lot of us, a lot of guys are familiar with. Danny Boy is the next guy. Um, he he's got a win, a PE uh, Power Events win under his belt, 2013. But again, a win is a win. Um, really strong player, sweatiest palms on tour, longest uh, tongue on tour, longest tongue on tour. He's got a lot of thing, longest name sometimes if he goes with all W's. <laughs> Uh, he's got a lot of longest everythings. <laughs> um, final guy in this group that I'll talk about is Al Jazz, another local Minnesota guy. A um, couple of really nice results in 2015. A uh, couple of fourth places. Uh, really, really strong game. Again, probably a, a guy that when he's in the right spot, super strong player. Um, and another homeowner, actually. So we, we've talked about a few homeowners. N- none of these guys... Actually, Al is the first guy that actually qualified via the homeowner qualification process that we've listed so far. Next guys are in the... The other guys are in the, the next group. Um, but yeah, just a, again, a really experienced guy that, that knows how to do a qualifier, knows how to do head-to-head matches, and obviously with a couple of fourth places in 2015, that, that shows... Yeah, I think as we start getting into these 30 to 1, 40 to 1, 50 to 1 guys, you, you hear the term every man or common man thrown around a lot. But I, I'd encourage everyone to go back and look at that St. Louis stream from last year where Kevin O'Connor made his run. Um, that was really surprising to a lot of folks. And, and I think if you look at some of the comments during that stream um, on Golden TTV with Richard King, and then also if anyone wanted to take the time to pull up old Facebook threads, um, I don't want to say people were against the mouth, but I think they were really encouraged by seeing someone like Kevin O'Connor, who is in every man, who's very good at this game, very strong at this game, but making that deep of a run in that deep of a field. That That's just really encouraging to see as people keep getting better and more acclimated to tournaments. Um, I, I think it's great for the game. Absolutely. All right, group eight, our final group. These are our true long shots. Uh, some of these guys I'm not super familiar with, especially some of our uh, our glory play qualifiers from Louisiana. Uh, some of the home edition guys, the money shot winners. Uh, we'll rip through these pretty quick. We'll make some comments along the way. Uh, first up, we've got Jim Clomperins, a.k.a. The Clomper. I would definitely call myself The Clomper if that was my last name. I love it. Uh, he's out of Michigan. We've got James Bradwell. Plays as for sure or fo fo show out of uh, Calgary, Alberta. It's our first Canadian. Nice. We'll run nice. into another Canadian here in a second. Uh, welcome Canada. We're all rooting for you, I guess. Maybe sort of Minnesota. You know, we got a brethren. Uh, next up, we've got Brian Wall, aka Chuck Norris. Plays out of Kansas, uh, Kansas City area. So hopefully he'll with uh, Mark Stenmark in the area now. He'll learn a lot by osmosis. Next up, we've got a now we've got a bit more of an old school name. We've got Steve Dakin, aka Piano Steve. Currently, I, I think out of Texas, although he's pretty transitory. Uh, yeah. Wherever wherever the piano gigs uh, happen to be that weekend, wherever they lead to, got to pay the bills. 
Yeah, so uh, uh, I believe still out of Texas. Used to, we got a lot of guys actually that I haven't mentioned along the way that used to live in Minnesota. We got Lance Harris used to be here. Mouth used to be here. Piano Steve is a guy For that used to be here. here. Um, obviously a very experienced old school player. Uh, another Canadian, Robert Brown. Uh, Amarone. Amarone. Not sure exactly how to pronounce it. Uh, it's always been Amarone in my head. But uh, Agreed. Another Calgary guy out of Alberta. Used to be that the head of uh, the uh, the hub of Canadian skills was uh, Toronto or the Toronto area. Now it uh, looks like it's shifted to Alberta as we yeah. no longer have uh, Anthony Gertz and Tim Glenn and all those guys out of Toronto area. Now we got Calgary. Uh, now we've got next up we got John Jansa, aka Shyhack, out of Illinois. Pretty experienced player, been to a lot of tournaments over the years. Scott Kokel, Scooter K out of Tennessee. Todd Penikoff. Uh, I'd say a pretty old schooler at this point, a.k.a. TP, Dead Butter, Minnesota guy. I uh, know him pretty well. Sonny Stevenson, a.k.a. Sonny, uh, out of Texas. Uh, goes back as far as I do in terms of uh, playing Golden Tee. Very old school, yeah. Very old school guy. Very experienced in terms of tournaments. Uh, now we're getting into the next three guys are all the glory players. So uh, Louisiana, all three are from Louisiana. Uh, the reason they qualified in glory is because they don't have prize play in Louisiana, one of the few states. South Dakota being one of the others. Um, I Delaware, New, I think. Delaware or New Jersey, New I can't Jersey. recall. Yeah, so Louisiana probably has the most players that that aren't that play regularly that that don't get to play prize play. These guys are names that most of us probably aren't real familiar with because we don't see them on leaderboards all that often. Although some of us homeowners do because we play glory at home. Uh, David Key, a.k.a. Double Pistol. We've got Daniel Freeman, a.k.a. King Daddy. And we've got Justin Lindsay, a.k.a. Golden God. All three glory players. Uh, next up, we've got our homeowner group. Uh, we talked about uh, Al Zerul a little while ago. He qualified through the homeowners. There's three other guys that got homeowner qualification spots. Uh, it was ended up being a pretty arduous process for uh, some of these homeowner guys. Uh, took a lot of games. Uh, and and Jared Decker is the king of a lot of games. He plays it. He when he needs to ramp up, he will ramp up. He'll play a ton of games. Uh, he plays as he's played as a few things. Teddy KGB currently uh, homeowner of Texas. Uh, next up, we've got Adam Harris, who uh, used to play a lot more prize play than he does now. Started having started a family. Uh, now plays uh, not exclusively, but pretty exclusively from home. He's a top notch doubles partner. Adam and I go way back. Uh, plays a splat out of Georgia. Uh, the final home edition player is Steve Beatty. Plays as Beatty out of Michigan. Uh, now we've got our final four qualifiers here. We've got uh, Ken Callis, who qualified via the Mix-Up Monday qualifier. Uh, he plays out of Michigan. Michigan plays his cousin Ken. Uh, the first money shot qualifier was uh, Dustin Reed, plays as Get in the Hole out of Tennessee. Uh, second money shot qualifier was Jason Lashevo, uh, plays out of Florida, plays as currently Baddest Bounce, I guess. Uh, and then our final qualifier I talked about earlier, just relatively recently at the Indianapolis tournament a few weeks back, Seth Harris, plays as Texas Tech Defense. He's out of Texas, go figure. Uh, and he qualified through the Indy tournament. Yeah, that that indie tournament was a fun tournament to watch. Uh, just the format being different compared to most tournaments, I think that was something that Greg Kinsler um, and Jason Kendrick really wanted to do, where they started playing 
best of three, best of five, um, where you get deeper into the tournament as opposed to single head, you know, single game double elimination. So I think that was really interesting to see um, as he was playing uh, Paul from Chicago. Paul from Chicago, six foot stink. That that was a great uh, finals match to watch. And I think the names, if you're thinking about laying down a $10, $20, $50 bet on some of these long shots, what I would personally focus on is, is the guys that have tournament experience. And I kind of mentioned them along the way. Piano Steve, TP, Todd Penikoff, Sonny. These are guys that just, they're, they're experienced in tournaments. And, and I feel like some of these guys that just haven't been to a ton of tournaments uh, don't know how to treat that qualifier. Um you know, might end up struggling a bit. They might surprise me as well. Uh, I'm sure that we'll get at least uh, three or four guys out of this group that, that qualify in the top yeah. 32. Um, and, and, you know, with the courses the way they are now, um, so a little bit nerfed, I would say, especially yeah. with the new, new tee boxes. I think that, that anyone on this list knows how to shoot a par round. I mean, that, that's that's not a problem. And so uh, if you're uh, if you're Andy Haas and you, you screw up one shot and you've got a guy here that knows how to play a par round, you know, anybody can knock out anybody at this point. Yeah, these these courses uh, are definitely scorable. To to your point, Tony, I mean, you, you look at the three guys you mentioned and another kind of old-school player in John Jamza and, and a couple other guys on there. These are guys who know how to play the game. I mean, Adam Harris, these, these guys are more than capable of shooting par rounds, dropping one-betters. And to your point, where if you're an Andy Haas or a guy who's in a top-tier group or a top-tier bracket... If you end up getting wet on a hole, you, you can go on tilt. You can throw yourself on tilt, whether it's Mayfield and it sets up for a 30 or 31. You start chasing. Yeah, and, and you start chasing strokes, and you know you get to hole you know, 14, 15, 16, and you lose a stroke or two, and then you're coming into 17, 18. You can find yourself four, five, six strokes off on one course, and all of a sudden you go from looking at being a potential favorite to potentially missing the cut. Yep, absolutely. All right, this portion of the podcast, we're uh, going to go back to the groups we initially went over in terms of the Vegas odds and how everything stacked up and how Tony listed everyone out according to their uh, current odds and where they're at. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is, in theory, Tony is going to have $800, I'm going to have $800, and we have to put $100 on one player from each of the groupings we previously laid out. Um, I think that kind of makes it fun. Obviously, there can only be one winner. So someone, whether it's in group eight who wins or group one who wins, um, we're just kind of going to kind of see in terms of the $800 if any of us would much less cash, but then also see how far these folks go in the tournament. Yeah, also see if the guys that we pick, you know, group five, six, seven, eight, whether they're qualifiers, whether they make top 12, you know, where some of our quote unquote long shots end up end up going in terms of the result. Agreed. I'll go ahead and start off with uh, my theoretical $800 and doing $100 in each grouping. Uh, first grouping, I'm going to take Paul Luna. I, I think Paul Luna is just at that stage in his game uh, between him, Haas, Fox, and Stenmark. They're, they're all excellent players. They're all really, really good tournament players. Obviously, Haas and Stenmark, former world champions, Stenmark being the current one. Uh, Luna and Fox are still going after that world championship. Two years ago, Luna had a second-place finish. I know he's thirsty for that. Um, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Luna in group one here. I think he's really going to have that drive for it. Group two, we've got uh, Lance Harris, Paul Taylor, Evan Gossett, Sean Trevay, and JoJo. I'm going to go with Evan Gossett. Uh, Tony kind of talked about his run and how uh, he kind of had a, a disappointing year or season, whatever, whatever you'd like to call it. And I think Evan really wants to turn that corner and really make his mark on the game and basically etch his name into history. Group two, I'm going to take Evan Gossett for my $100. 
Group three, we got Ed Godfrey, Jeff Lannon, and The Mouth. Uh, I'm going to go Jeff Lannon here. I know a lot of folks have talked about when the odds were initially released, going back to Tony's um, research and analysis, talking about how Jeff Lannon at 12 to 1 um, comes up as kind of outside those first two groups and kind of a lurker there, but having the second highest winning percentage in PEGT history. I think that really bodes well for him. He, he's a tournament player. He doesn't go to as many tournaments that much anymore. Uh, but I, I'm ready to see Landon make a, make a good run here and go deep. Group four. My group four person is going to be Let Be Rock, Jeff Sudiak. Uh, I just think his sheer volume of gameplay, his consistency, I think uh, Jeff can really make a good push, obviously making the cut and potentially going deep in this tournament. Next up, group five. I'm going to go uh, with my co-host here, Tony Johnson, uh, just, kind of, just kind of an old-school player. Uh, a lot of good players in there, Demko, Bernhardt, Kinsler, and Oldie. Um, I, I just think Tony, whether it's his gameplay on the daily, his 18-hole games, his invitationals on his home machine, uh, I think he's going to be really focused and kind of like how I mentioned earlier with some of the other players. I think he really wants to make a mark here and uh, go deep at this world championship, if not win it. Group six, I'm going to take Luke Nelson, uh, fellow Minnesota guy. I get to play with Luke fairly often here. Uh, he, he gets in a good amount of 18s, plays the daily a lot, but he's one of those guys um, who, if you look at group six, the majority of these guys aren't playing each and every day uh, for the most part, but I see Luke on the leaderboards almost daily if I'm not playing with him. Um, I, I see his names, whether I pull it up and I didn't play that day, I'll still look at the daily, I'll still look at money shot and I'll see he's out, he's getting the games and he's putting in the time and he's putting in the effort for this championship. Group seven, I'm not going to list off all the names. We got a lot of folks here. Uh, Tony kind of talked about how some of these guys are more old school folks and have a deeper history of tournament play and deeper history of tournament finishes than some of the other guys. I'm going to go with GVK, uh, George von Keschenbar. Uh, probably one of my favorite pictures of all time, him at Wel- Matt Welter's farm uh, feeding chickens. Uh, definitely an interesting photograph on that. I end group eight, uh, deep group here. Uh, obviously a lot of guys. Uh, some of these guys I think will definitely make the top 32 cut despite what the Vegas odds makers have them ranked at. Uh, and my pick out of group eight, my $100 I'm going to throw down is on John Jansa. All right, time for my picks. Uh, starting with group one, this might be a little bit of recency bias because he kicked my butt all day yesterday. Mark Stenmark. Uh, I think that he's obviously got the history of, of winning not only you know the World Championship last year, but going on run after run after run in 2013, 2014, before he uh, took a little bit of time, You know, not, I won't say time off, but definitely didn't play as much in 2015, 16. Well, it seems like he's back because the scores that he, he's putting up now are, are pretty pretty great scores. Uh, it seems like he's really ramping up for this, and uh, I'll take a I'll take the reigning world champ at 8-1. to one. Seems like a pretty good number to me. Uh, group 2, also at 8-1, to one, I will take Evan Gossett for a lot of the same reasons that, uh, that Will stated. I think that, like he said, you know, went in a little bit of a lull for, you know, half a year, year, whatever it is, but looking at the last year worth of results now, Lots and lots of top fours, lots of deep runs. Uh, certainly, certainly wants to uh, etch his name in stone. Uh, group three, I'm gonna echo uh, Will as well. I'm gonna take Jeff Lannon for again a lot of the same reasons. I I think that those of us that have, that play sometimes during the day, we are obviously familiar with the scores that Jeff puts up. A uh, little part of me wanted to take the mouth here, a little bit better number at fifteen to one at least currently. 
Uh, again, if he's right, he's dangerous. He's If he's right, he's probably deserves to be in group two. Um, you know, Vegas. Who can be right in Vegas, though? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're all right in Vegas, but uh, I doubt it. Uh, so I'm going to take Jeff Lannon in group three. Uh, group four, I'm going to go with Welter. Uh, not a huge tournament player, obviously, at least not relatively recently. Seems like out of this group, he's the one that when I see him, he's consistently par, one better, something like that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Welter at 20 to 1 on that. Group 5, I'm going to take Kins riding off into the sunset, 25 to 1. Uh, you know, I, I just think that his history and experience, the results that he has when he does go to tournaments are, are such that you know he deserves my $100 here. And at 25 to 1, I, I like that number for Kins quite a bit. Uh, group six, I'm gonna go with Thor. Uh, a lot of the same reasons that I that with with Kinsler, right? He's got the experience. Uh, you know, at at this point we're at forty to one, bit of a long shot, but uh, at at forty to one, I, I like a hundred bucks on on Thor. Um, just has a, a ton of history and a ton of success in that history. Uh, group seven, I'm gonna go with my fellow homeowner Kevin O'Connor, aka Catfishing. Uh, we talked about that that great. That great story from 2017, the almost win in St. Louis. Um, I think that some of us homeowners fly under the radar a little bit because we end up being a lot of glory play and a lot of invites rather than uh, that uh, public-facing prize play. And I think a lot of a lot of people might be surprised at the kind of scores that, that Kevin's going to put up. And I fully expect him to qualify, and I expect him to be a, a dangerous, dangerous match against anybody. Uh, finally, Group 8, I'm going to go with, uh, like I said, my, my old-school doubles partner, Adam Harris. Uh, another homeowner. Gosh, I must be biased against or four homeowners. <laughs> Is there any other homeowners I can take? Maybe Al Jazz or anybody else. But uh, Adam Harris, I, I think that again he flies under the radar a little bit because most of his games are glory play and or invites. Uh, the homeowners have really, especially as as it has has released the I'll call it quote unquote prize play the invites to homeowners. There's a lot more homeowners uh, that are you know a lot higher quality players. Adam Harris is one of those. Certainly up until a couple years ago, played in some tournaments, had some really nice results. Uh, certainly at whatever he is, 50 to, not, not even 51, 61 or 75 to 1, that's a, that's a pretty nice number. Uh, I'll put my 100 on Adam, and uh, that's my uh, 1 through 8. All right, that's going to end it for our first episode of the PMGB podcast here. Uh, kind of wrapping up our just uh, take on the quick world championships with some of the odds and the gambling angles on it. Uh, Tony and myself are both going to get into Las Vegas uh, mid to late day on Thursday. Our hope and our wish is to have this successfully take off where we can bring you guys a podcast on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, potentially Sunday, Monday. Obviously having a recap Thursday due to our flights uh, might be a little tough, but look for something on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as we try to give you guys updates that you might not be able to find on the stream, whether it's just some of the social circles, some of the rumors and stuff. If anyone uh, did anything crazy, if anyone hit any crazy sports parlays or started dangling from light posts or if anything. If anybody's missing. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very real possibility. Um, this field bet that we had mentioned um, is going off, and most people are saying, well, the field's just going to be one person because there's one person remaining. But in fact, if there's someone who gets a little too out of hand or sleeps in the wrong hotel room or arrested, gets whatever thrown it might in jail, be, it, it wouldn't be a first for a Golden Tee tournament, uh, and it wouldn't be the first time that the World Championship has had a qualifier not show up. So it's a very real possibility. But we hope to bring you 
not just scores and statistics, but a little uh, behind-the-scenes info as well. Yeah, and actually, that's one of the, that's the only bet we didn't really talk about was the field bet. So we've got the obviously the one person that's going to be qualifying at the closest to the pin on Friday night. But uh, the field bet at forty to one is interesting. Maybe if if we knew it was one person forty to one, not all that interesting. There are some quality players that are coming in to try to qualify through that. But as soon as we start to get a you know two maybe three guys forty to one. Sure, I'll take that. These are all going to be quality players, at least worth a shot. Yeah, it's a lot more intriguing. So we're going to keep you guys updated uh, throughout the week. Hopefully we get a fairly decent response to this podcast, and we can get it up and running for you guys to give you a preview of Las Vegas. And like I said, just going into this, uh, I know I'm excited to be a qualifier. I know Tony's excited to be a qualifier. Thanks.